Thank you, praise team. In a moment, the men of valor will be putting notes in your hand. Tonight's message is the change to life. Not the change of life, but the change to life. Many people Many people have problems because they'll get into an assembly where the anointing is flowing and they feel that joy of God in their spirit, but at the same time, their head is giving them a diversity of reasons why they cannot participate or should not participate or are unworthy to participate. And they do not understand why there is an ongoing battle between their mind and their spirit. There are times that people miss out on the blessing of the Lord because the Lord gives them something to say and they instantly begin to doubt that word. Because the carnal mind is enmity with the things of God. And while God is dealing from your spirit, because your spirit has not been allowed to have the ascendancy in your thought life, your thought life shouts it down. Because people become so used to hearing their brain that they have to learn how to hear their spirit. The average convert to Christianity never gets their mind renewed. And that's why you find people facing the end of life, facing death, and they're plagued by questions. What if? Did I? Am I? Will he? Because eventually, the only rest is in the Spirit. But God intended the rest to be in the Spirit every day. In Hebrews, we're told that the children of Israel could not enter into God's rest for the same reason the average Christian can't. They can't rest concerning their finances, concerning their healing, concerning anything. You have to reach a point where nothing comes out of your mouth that disagrees with God said. And some people, because their carnal mind is so programmed to the leadership of their life, they don't understand. Well, Pastor, 
a couple of weeks ago, you had to sit down to finish the message. So? I might have to do that tonight. I was reading this afternoon. I dropped a piece of paper, and instead of turning my chair like I should to reach down and get it, I just leaned over the side of the chair, and I uh, rearranged some ribs. When I went through the three open-heart surgeries, they sewed my ribs back together, but they never reseated them on my spine. And so recently, I wondered why for the last few years I've had to be picked up continually by people who would lift me up and snap my back. And I went to a different chiropractor, and he began to examine me, and he said, you've got three ribs that have never reseated from your surgery. And I went, oh? And he said, that's why when you turn wrong, you find pain because they've never receded. Well, pastor, why didn't God fix that? That's not my job. And if I've got a chiropractor at hand, and I know that that's to do good and I don't do it, to me it's a sin. Well, is the chiropractor going to fix you or is God? Ultimately, God will because the chiropractor wouldn't know what he's doing if God didn't supply the wisdom and human anatomy. Well, Pastor, you're just talking in circles. No. My wife sometimes gets angry with me. She'll ask me a question. I go, do you expect me to answer that? You know what the Word says. You know what I'm going to say. Why even ask the question? With his stripes, I was healed. But pastor, you sound hoarse. When the mold gets this high, I may. And my eyes may run because when the mold gets really high, it affects me. And when I forget to clean up my CPAP machine, it really affects me. But does that change the fact that I'm healed? Does that change the fact that I'm blessed? Does that change the fact that my God supplies all of my need? Or I can be carnally minded and go, if I was really healed, this wouldn't be happening. Who authored that? One of the most important passages of Scripture and the Word of God deals with the downfall of Adam. Adam says, God, we knew you were coming, so we hid ourselves because we were naked. The literal Hebrew says, we were uncovered. If you change it, and if you have your Bible, you should write in the margin, uncovered because that phrase comes up again when they tell the story of the prophet that the kids were laughing at and they said go to bald head they weren't talking about he didn't have any hair they were talking about he was outside of covering because his covering had died but God said who told you you aren't covered I didn't tell you that. 
you uncovered yourself because you believed a lie and were damned by it. Because when you were faithless, I remained faithful. All you had to do was come back to where I was and you would have known that I never uncovered you. Well, Pastor, why do I want to revisit that? Because when the devil tries to tell you you're uncovered, one of the most heinous lies I've ever heard was when a parent would tell their child, God doesn't love you when you do that. I just want to kill me a parent. My God's love doesn't change with your behavior. His ability to show it to you does. But the love is still there. You just have to come back up to where the love is at. The change to life. Tonight's notes. Yes, I realize there are four pages of notes tonight. And we may not get them finished. Someone have something? I sense moving in the spirit and I don't have it. Thank you, Father. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Paul urges converts to kingdom truth to present or surrender their physical self to God, which he calls a form of worship where the spirit is elevated. The verse is simple when you look at it that way. Present your body. What is your body? That's the totality of your tripartite being. Spirit, mind, and physical house. He says, present your body. Present all of you. Not just your soul for salvation, but present all of you. To God. What does it mean to present all of you to God? Here I am, Father. Take these hands and use them. Take these lips and speak through them. Take this mind and think through it. Take this spirit and perform your purpose through it. And he said, that is your spiritual service of worship to God. When you can surrender yourself, I'm no longer in charge, God. I'm available to be used of you, to be led of you, for you to demonstrate yourself through to others. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Do not be conformed, shaped by or shaped to the world's way of being and doing. Transform 
this word is used in two instances. It's recorded three times in Scripture. It's recorded in Matthew and Mark of the same instance. Paul uses it here, but it's only used three times because the word is so powerful in its expression that uh, it doesn't have a normal everyday usage. Well, Pastor, I use transform all the time. Not this word that's translated transform. It's used once in the Gospels, recorded in two places, and once in Paul's writing here in Romans 12. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. The word transfigured is the same word, transformed. We're talking about a drastic change. We're talking about a change that is so powerful it's apparent to everybody witnessing. We're talking about a word that wasn't normally used. But when your mind is transformed, you depart from the natural to the supernatural way of life. The way not to be squeezed into the mold of carnal life is to be radically changed from within until it shines without. When Messiah's natural, physical body went onto the mountain and got into God's presence, his spirit so rose up and radiated through his physical being that the presence of God could be seen all over him. Jerry, it's possible for us to get so in God's presence that he radiates from within us to without us. And people see us shine, see us take on a different countenance, see us in a different light. God is looking for people who are willing to be transformed. But your mind has to be washed with what God said is possible in the new covenant before you can ever surrender to it because if it started to happen, you'd fight it. You would draw back from it. Well, Pastor, I, I don't understand. Neither did Moses when he went on the mountain and he was full of the law. But the law was still God said. And when he got into God's presence, the God said he had hidden in him began to be energized by the presence of who said it. And he began to shine and radiate light. So much so that it frightened him and he hid himself from the people. What happens when you get into an assembly or into a meeting or a place and your spirit man begins to radiate, pick up on, shine with the brightness of God's anointing. 
It is limited by the degree to which your mind can comprehend what's going on. I've been with people when they'd say, what's happening to me? I've never felt like this before. What's going on? There's something stirring inside me. Their mind was unable to keep up with what God wanted to do in their spirit. The only way you can get to a point to cooperate with what God is doing is to get the mystery out of the way. When you know what the New Covenant says is possible, you can walk in it. When you know what the New Covenant says can be done, you can walk in it. When you know what the covenant says about God on you, the manifest power of his presence, then you go, bring it on, Lord. Bring it on. It's not going to kill me. It's not going to destroy me. It's going to infuse me. But if you're more conscious of your failure than you are of Christ's success in the resurrection, you begin to cry out, I'm unworthy. In your own personal deeds, you may be unworthy. Don't worry about it. In your own personal deeds, you may be unworthy. But in His grace, you're more than worthy. Why? Because grace gives to you what you don't deserve. Grace empowers you to walk where you've not been trained to walk. Grace allows you to extend a hand and heal the sick when you haven't even been praying like you should. But you're the closest vessel God can use to touch the one he wants to touch. How was God able to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out the devils through 12 men who weren't born again. His grace was sufficient for every need. And it was expedient that God demonstrate to mankind that in His presence there's what? Fullness of joy. Joy at being healed, resurrected, delivered. And so God has already proved He can operate through unworthy vessels. God has already proved He can operate through unclean vessels. God has already proved that His power for change is greater than man's failure to change. Why do you think the New Testament records all of Peter's mistakes? All of Thomas's shortcomings? All of Judas' greed? So that you can take heart in knowing those cannot defeat my availability to God. When you surrender to what God is doing, 
what God is doing becomes what you're doing. Yeshua radiated the heavenly while still on the earthly plane. It was a spiritual change that occurred in God's presence. We sing the song in His presence, but do we expect His presence to override our weakness? Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear that it's possible for you to shine forth as the sun when you're cooperating with the kingdom. The believer in right standing with God has a glow from the Spirit out through the flesh. And the closer you draw to God and to what the Spirit wants to perform or do, the greater that can be seen. There have been meetings when men of God would be worshiping and celebrating God. I know at a meeting at Faith Christian Fellowship, a man of God was ministering in the Spirit. They had a platform that was about two foot tall. He walked off of the platform, walked out almost to the front row of chairs, all the time preaching, turned around and walked back onto the stage, and most of the congregation couldn't hear a word he was saying because they couldn't believe a man just walked in thin air and he never knew it happened. When they told him afterwards, he was like, I did? Another time, a minister was ministering, and he lifted his arms and began to worship God. And as he was worshiping God, he was picked up until here's the point where I would have said, there was 12 inches between his shoes and the floor, and he was just suspended in the air, worshiping God. In another meeting, he was caught up in the spirit, fell back in my arms, and for nearly 40 minutes, I held him while he worshiped God. We used to sing a song, uh, caught up with God in the secret place, there in his presence, beholding his grace. Church, the natural is still subject to the supernatural if we can get our thinking out of the way. Transformation is a radical change that becomes evident to other people. If it's only evident to you, you might not have changed that much. But when the change in you is seen by others, God is at work in you. Galatians 5. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these. 
of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things, those who practice such things, those who habitually engage in such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Pastor Jim, there's God telling us right there they're not going to heaven. No, it's not. The kingdom of heaven is there. The kingdom of God is to be established on the earth. They are two distinct kingdoms. You're not going to inherit the kingdom of God on earth while you're bound by earthly motivation. But the fruit of the Spirit is long hair, no makeup. Are you listening, church? All of these flow from the inside out. Transformation and being conformed are two radically different things. A lot of religious sects have conformity to some of the law and a lot of man's dictates. I have for years had people that would come to me and ask me about this group or that group, this church, this denomination, this teaching, that teaching. And my first question is always, how do they treat their ladies? If the guys can walk around in silk suits with fancy Italian haircuts and the women have to wear feed sacks and their hair in a knot on the back of their head, that ain't God because there's no respecter of persons in God. There's not one set of rules for the ladies and another set for the men. So if the men can wear shorts, the women can too, just not around the ministry staff because they have a problem with women's legs. That's why they made those rules. Not some religious adherence to rules and conduct, but a renewed to truth spirit that radiates the new life. I don't care how big a Bible you carry, if you don't walk in love, something's wrong. Well, Pastor, I'd walk in love, but they don't know the word like I do. You're still the problem. Jesus walked three years with people who didn't know the word at all. Transformation is a profound, blood-bought, spirit-developed change from the inside out. To make this change, I've got to think differently. Every human being could be born 21 years of age. But they are born as a baby. And if you will behold a baby, you will understand the new birth. The baby comes out of the womb, and all it's filled with is desire. I want food, I want warm, 
I want change. I want attention. I want to smell better. I don't want to sleep. And so they have to be taught when to eat and what to eat. Or they would have gummy bears three times a day. Now, if we understand a child comes out of the womb filled with desire, and into this new world where everything was not automatically handled, they have to be taught how to cope with their new environment. Then you begin to understand being born again. You have to be taught how to live in this new environment called the kingdom of God. Or you will visit the kingdom on Sundays and Wednesdays and you'll live most of your life controlled by the world system. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God. It's God that makes us operational. Who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Wait a minute. Did he say as servants of Yeshua? Of Jehovah? Are servants of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. God is love. Well, they're not acting like they're love, so let's kick them out of the church. No, no, no. We're not talking about the letter. We're talking about the Spirit. God is love, and His love is more than enough to handle their shortcoming. Handle them with God's love, not your reasoning. The transformation from earthly, secular conformity to divine, spirit-led living comes by, by or through renewal of the mind and of the thought process. I can't think like the Word if I don't understand the Word. I didn't say I can't think like the Word if I haven't read the Word. Because reading the Word and understanding the Word are different. That's why Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. Because it's going to take many times of hearing it before you really hear it. Have you ever had someone tell you a story of something that occurred that was so outside the bounds of normal operation that you stopped them and said, wait, wait, now tell me that part again. I've never heard anything like that. Your mind couldn't process it on the first hearing. Your mind said, surely there's something we didn't hear. If on a carnal level you can understand that 
how much more a level of something that was written from another dimension to cause and effect change in this dimension. There are passages of scripture that I've spent hours rereading. There are passages of scripture like Hebrews 3 and 4 that I spent a month rereading daily because I knew there was something I was missing. Because when I would read it, I'd feel like, I don't think I really got that. Beginning in Romans 8, I spent over a month reading and meditating that because it is so life transformational that you can't read it and go on. Not if the spirit within you is alive. It says, no, there's more. And so you read again and it says, no, there's more. And every time you read it, you see a new level. It's like an onion. You just keep peeling it off. Expecting that there's something else in there. To think new, I must develop a new standard of thought. The journey from sense-led to spirit of truth-led is a re-education and realignment process. The spirit is reborn. The old self passes away the more you read his truth. The mind must be reshaped in its way of seeing and of comprehending. When I read the just shall live by faith, I have to read that a few times and meditate it out. The just, the uncompromisingly righteous, shall live by faith, a total trust in God said. Because faith and trust are synonymous. Therefore, how am I changed by what I read? So that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What is the fulfillment of the law in the New Covenant? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy strength and thy neighbor as thyself. Not thou shalt not smoke, thou shalt not drink, thou shalt not swear. Walk after the dictates of the guide, the Holy Spirit of truth, and you will be in right standing with God. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. That's why for some people, the Holy Spirit is moving in a service and they're thinking about where they're going to eat after. They're thinking about what they're missing on TV. They're thinking about who they want to grab and talk to after the service is over. Because they're still ruled by their carnal thoughts because their mind is not yet ready 
to totally surrender. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. How do you want to shape me in this service? Not, how do you want to bend me and break me? What shapes your life or worldview? It is written, or what you receive from your senses? Pastor, I know I'm sick. I can feel it. I know I'm healed. I've heard it. With the stripes you were made whole. For the mind is set for the mind set on the flesh is death. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. Is your mind set on finding out what the spirit dictates for your life? set on or guided by one or the other. You already are. Your mind is set on the things of the senses or the things of God. It's being guided by the sense realm or it is written. There is no no man's territory. You're in one or the other. When Adam forsook God's said, he instantly surrendered to the devil's said. Realize it or not, it occurs daily in the life of believers, which demonstrate how great God's love is towards them. Because the mind set on the flesh, or the mind determined to follow what the flesh tells it, is hostile towards God. Yeah, I know it says with his stripes are healed, but I know good people who are sick. Yeah, I know it said he supplies all of our need, but I know good people who are broke. I know you're a joke and no one's laughing because you've had opportunity to learn the truth and you still let your mind overrule your spirit. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile to war God, for it does not subject itself to the law of God for it is not even able to do so you are unable to submit to the word of God until you know why God said that to what end and what purpose he was saying it well God just don't want me to have fun no he knows what those things will do to you You see the sin in having a drink before you go to bed is not in having a drink before you go to bed. It's in believing it can give you sleep that God's Spirit can't. Well, Pastor, I just have a drink to calm down and get some rest. Okay, you said I depend on alcohol to do for me what I don't believe God's Holy Spirit can do when he said he gives his beloved sleep. I don't believe he gives his beloved sleep. I believe I've got to get it out of a bottle.
the sin and smoking is, you're depending upon it to do something for you you don't trust God to do. Well, Pastor, I just got to get my nerves in control. I just need a couple of puffs and I'll be back. So you don't believe God can get you in control, but if you can light up, you can get in control. You see, God understands that. And meanwhile, you're poisoning your lungs. You're killing your liver. You're affecting your heart or your blood pressure or your sugar count. All of these things enter in when you find a way around God. Many times, the sin is not in the thing you're doing. It's in the reason you're doing it, what you expect to derive from it. The God of the world system, flesh, is in direct opposition to the God of truth, way of being and doing. For I testify about them that they have a zeal for God. He's talking about the religious Jews but not in accordance with knowledge. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own by what they say, what they do, where they go, what ordinances they keep, they do not subject themselves to the righteousness of God, which is a gift. They're not knowing because their mind has not been renewed. They didn't want to renew their, their mind. Just give me a few rules I can obey. And people are still saying that today. Pastor, tell me what I have to do to make it to heaven. I don't want to be right with God. I just don't want to be wrong with Him. <laughs> the problem with the natural mind is the natural mind can never bring you to God. The natural program mind does not know God because they live in two different realms. You will never understand God with your mind. That's why it hurts me when I find people who get born again, the first thing they want to do is go to Bible school and get an education. You can spend your whole life getting educated on the, the priests and the kings, the various dispensations, the tenses in the Greek and the Hebrew, and never come to know God. It's important that you come to know God before you seek more education. Because God will indoctrinate you. Education will infect you. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. He says, don't look, walk around like Gentiles who let their senses dictate who they are and where they're going and what they have. Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because the ignorance that is in them, the natural mind, because of the hardness 
of their heart. And they, having become callous, having given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The spirit of your mind is a mindset or an attitude, a way of thinking. And put on the new self, which in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. The more of the truth you get into you, the more of God comes alive in you. The spirit of the mind is a mindset, an attitude, or a bent that has to be corrected by God's way of being and doing. A fallen mind devoid of godly wisdom or of godly desire is the world system. And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Yes, I know this passage is talking about sexual impurity and homosexuality and lesbianism. But how do you get there? Your mind has to sink to a level. Once it sinks to that level, depravity takes over. And even bestiality becomes, well, why not? When your mind is not renewed to the things of God, it will fall prey to every new fad or every popular heresy or doctrine. Professing to be wise, they become fools and exchange the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and the birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Yeah, Brother Jim, those Old Testament people, they went and got idols to worship. New Testament people get idols to worship too. And some of them are in the form of people they worship, practices they worship, levels of society they worship, tangible goods they would surrender their salvation to have. Can you believe it? We're to the last page already. Huh? Oh, well. Church, if you're listening, God is saying something to us. Just as a babe comes into the natural realm 
and must be taught what's acceptable. When you come into the supernatural realm as a babe, you must be taught what is acceptable, what is good, what is acceptable, what is mature. The natural man does not look into the mirror of the word. They look into the mirror of self-desire, self-gratification, self-pleasure. In order to present our bodies, the whole self, the reins of the mind must be realigned. By nature, our minds are not God-centered minds. Consider Peter's exhortation on the subject. Therefore, Prepare your minds for action. Keep sober in spirit. Fix your hope completely on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. What does the revelation of Jesus Christ come from? Reading what the Word says about Him. What the Word says of Him. As obedient children, you see, Peter understood it. How did they get to be obedient children? They had to be taught what is acceptable, what is good, what is mature. Peter is relating what I just said to you. When you come to the kingdom of God, you may be grown up on the outside, but you're not grown up on the inside. You have to be taught by the renewing of your mind what is good and acceptable and mature. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. You came out of that womb wanting food, wanting shelter, wanting to be held, wanting attention. You had to be taught that the world is not there to minister to your desires. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves also in all your behavior. What did Peter just say? Grow up in the Word so you can grow up in God. There is a marked difference in attitude and action between the natural mind and the mind of the spirit. Not a lustful passion like the Gentiles who do not know God. If you're still being driven by desires, I want it, I need it, I'm going to have it. You haven't learned God yet. To know God, one must learn of him. His new covenant is his teaching tool. So Jesus answered them and said, My teaching is not mine, but his who sent me. Jesus said, I've surrendered to the will of the Father. You must also. If anyone is willing to do his will, he will know of my teaching, whether it is of God or whether I speak of myself. If you know what God's Word says, you know instantly what I'm telling you 
is righteous and truth or not. Renewal appears only in Romans 12, 2 and in Titus 3, 5. He saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy by the washing of regeneration and renewing by the Holy Spirit. That renewing appears twice in the New Testament, and both have to do with the work of the Holy Spirit through it is written. A work of the Spirit of truth. He works with his written word and through the conforming spirit of his word. You ever read a passage and have something grip you? And you recognize that moment, I need to change. I need to redirect my thinking. That's the spirit of your mind. That's the spirit of truth. But whenever a person turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. The Jews, because they would not enter God's rest, had a veil put over their understanding. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He's saying if you'll get into where the Spirit is moving, the veil can be removed. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. Do you remember the line at the top of this page? Are you looking into the mirror of the Word or into the mirror of I want, I need, I desire? When I look into the Word, do I see Him? Do I see me being transformed into His likeness? Do I see His love and grace towards me? Only by establishing a new standard of being and doing can I free myself from the blindness of the world system. I read the word of God to find out how I should be, what I should be, who I should be. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. An unbeliever has a blindfold on. The blindfold can only be removed by being introduced to lordship. Once they are in a, introduced to lordship, the effect of that blindness must be removed by having their mind renewed to it as written. The Holy Spirit works from the inside out. We call it transformation. Religion works from the outside in. We call it being conformed. Church, did you get anything tonight? I urge you, read your new covenant in the light of becoming who and what the new covenant says you are. We do not read the New Covenant so we can say, I read it.
We read it so we can become it. God wants us to become epistles read of all men. Let your light so shine before all men that they may see your good works and glorify your daddy. Father, we've delivered your word. Your word is transformational. We are being transformed into the image of your likeness by the washing of the word. The more word we allow to change us, shape us, mature us, the more word we can exhibit in our daily living. Father, conform us, transform us, renew us to your truth. Your word is truth. I call you the blessed of the Lord. I decree that the God of all salvation is working in you, on you, and through you to bring you to his image and likeness so that you may demonstrate his glory in all the earth.